Well, good evening. <clears throat> I'm going to switch things up a little bit. We usually do a ministry highlight right now, but I'm going to save that and, and do that um, at the end. We're going to talk a little bit about this summer. Um, but right now, I, I just think I want to jump into where we're going tonight. And, and so I know he just prayed, but let me pray with you again. Dear Lord, I pray that as we continue to talk about the family business, as we continue to talk about what it is that you want us to do, I pray, Lord, that you would make it crystal clear to each and every one of us what our part is in the family business and, and what you want from each of us and from our church. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be leading this conversation tonight, that it wouldn't be what I have or or what anyone else is doing what, with all the distractions around, I pray, Lord, that you would kind of lead us in a holy conversation and that you would call us and, and that you would send us, Lord. We love you and we thank you in thy name. Amen. Well, I'm, good, I'm glad to be here with you tonight. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming. How's everyone doing? Happy Mother's Day weekend. If you are a mother, raise your hand. If you have a mother, raise your other hand. That should be everyone, no? Some of you are lying. <laughs> well, it's Mother's Day weekend. If you didn't realize that, I'm trying to remind you so you don't forget to uh, say thank you to your mom or give her a hug or some, something like that. But tonight, we're going to continue talking about the family business. And, and so just real quick, I, I want to talk about last week, we jumped into this series, and last week we talked about our future in the family business. And what we talked about, if I could just sum it up really quick, is this that it is vital that we invest in the younger generations, that we invest in the young people because they are the future of our family business. And so we looked into the beginning of the book of Joshua last week, and we saw that after the Israelites who had been on this journey to the promised land, they got there and they went in, and when they went into the promised land, something happened. And, and the scripture that we looked at last week said that they, the, uh, the next generation grew up and did not know who God was or what God had done for them. And all of a sudden, even though they had gone into the promised land, it was chaos. And so we talked about last week that it is vital for us to invest in our younger generations for the future of our family business, for the future of our church and our families. And let me just say this. God's kingdom is bigger than our mistakes, and so God's kingdom is going to be okay, but we will cause ourselves a lot of problems and struggles if we don't pass our passion and our family business on to future generations. And so that's where we were last week. And actually, this week, we're going to kind of take a step backwards in Scripture. We're going to go backwards in time. But, but this week, I want to talk a, a little bit different aspect, and that is, what is our family business? So we'll start with that question. What is our family business? So what I'm talking about is as followers of Christ, as members of Westchester Church or as people that come to Westchester Church or as members of the church as a whole, what is our family business? So take a second, talk to each other. What do you think our family business is? Get some good answers because I want you to share them with me. So go ahead, talk about it. What's our family business? You better get these answers right, so make sure, you, make sure you talk with smart people here. 
All right, start saying some of them. Come on. What, what's our family business? What are we here to do? Make disciples. Do you say build the kingdom? Grow the kingdom? Okay. Make disciples? That's good. What else are we here for? Love each other. That's good. Reach out to the community. So love each other. Reach out to the community. Make disciples. Those all kind of go hand in hand. There's one more thing that's really big. Think greatest commandment here. What, what are we here for? To love God. Okay, so, so I just want to boil it down to two simple scriptures. What is our family business? Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. Uh, somebody had asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So let me just rephrase that for us tonight. All of our family business hangs on loving God and loving each other. Those are the two most important things. Then we jump into Matthew chapter 28. And Matthew chapter 28 is something that if you've been around the church for very long, you've heard it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Okay, so love God, love others, make disciples. That's pretty simple, right? That's pretty clear. The family business is to love God, love others, and make disciples. That's simple. That's clear. You guys can go home. Thanks. You don't believe it? No. Love God, love others, make disciples. So that brings an important question because that really is a simple thing, right? Love God, love others, make disciples. It's not complicated. It's not a million different things that we have to remember. Love God, love others, make disciples. But that brings up a really difficult question. And that's this. If it's so simple, if the family business, love God, love others, make disciples, is so simple, why are there so many churches and Christians that seem to have lost their way. Think about that. It's so simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. Why are there so many followers of Christ and why are there so many churches that just seem to be missing it? Either A, they love themselves more than they love God, they love what, they, they want to take care of themselves. They want to they get what they want. It's all about them more so than about God. Or they, they love God, but they're having a little bit trouble, of trouble with that loving others part. They love God, but they're kind of ugly to others. And you guys all have seen this before from Christians who love God and they come to church and they pour their heart out, but then they walk out the doors and they're not loving to their neighbor. So either they love themselves, or they struggle to love others, or let's just be honest and say that there are a lot of churches that are stagnant and comfortable and are not making disciples. I, I just want to be honest here tonight. I'm not trying to put people down, but the truth of the matter is there are a lot of followers of Christ and a lot of churches who have missed the family business. They've lost their way. The answer is so simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. How can we get that wrong? Well, let's just get 
really honest with ourselves tonight. Not just how do they, how do those other churches or those other people get this wrong, but how do we get this wrong sometimes? Have any of you not ever missed it? I mean, how do I get this wrong sometimes? Why do I miss it? It's so simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. But sometimes I get it twisted and I make it about myself or I, I fail to love others or I get to a place where I'm comfortable. I was having a conversation with Pastor Dale the other day and we were talking about something that we've seen kind of more and more lately and that's pastors who, who are coming to the end of their life or their time and it seems like something we hear more than we should is when, when we talk to the children of those pastors, the, the children say, you know, my dad or my mom loved the church. They gave everything they had to the church, but they didn't really take care of us very well. They didn't really love us. I mean, how can a pastor not love and minister to his own family. How do we get it wrong? Listen, the church is great. It's important. Love God, love others, make disciples. But if we're not loving our own family and making disciples in our own family, we're missing it. And this happens way too much. How often do we see churches or pastors or friends and followers of Christ that just lose it? They forget what it's all about. How do we get this wrong? I think the real problem here is that we lose sight of what our business really is. We, we get selfish. We make it about ourselves. And so we want to be catered to. Let's just get really practical here tonight. I want the music to be the way that I like the music. And if it's not, something's wrong, right? Love God. Love others. Get your kind of music. Nope. Love God, love others, make disciples. Get your music be catered to is not in there. Or I don't like the decorations. Or I don't like how this looks and we like to be catered to. Or I want position. I mean, do you know who you're talking to? I've been to Sunday school every week for 30 years. Not me, I'm, I haven't. I'm just saying some people might feel that way. I've been to Sunday school every week for 30 do, I mean, I'm important. I mean, you got to cater to me. I've been at this church my whole life, so don't tell me that i got to take a back seat to someone that's brand new because I'm important and we like our position. So maybe we get caught up in self or, or maybe we love others that fall into the categories that we want them to fall into. We love others that, that look the way we want them to look or act the way we want them to act or jump through the same hoops to be like us, and we miss that God says, love God, love others, not others that benefit you. Or the third thing, we get comfortable. Hey, I got a good job, I got a nice house, I got a good family, hey, everything's good, right? I'm just gonna sit around and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in park and I'm gonna enjoy this. And we don't make disciples. It is so easy to miss this. And it's such a simple thing. Our family business is so simple. Love God, love others, make disciples. But it's also so easy for us to lose sight of. There's a show that, that I've kind of watched on and off. I don't love it. It's okay, whatever. It's called Gotham. 
And it is the story of, it's like a prequel to the Batman story. How many of you like Batman? Okay, some of you. All right, so it's like a, it's a prequel to the Batman story. And essentially what it is is like young Bruce Wayne and Albert, um, Albert the butler and all of these villains, the Joker and the Riddler and all these guys. And then there's James Gordon. And this is a show that's been on for about three years. And one of the themes in this show is James Gordon, Detective James Gordon, who later on is, what is his position? Commissioner Gordon, thank you. I'm, I'm not that, I, I love, I like Batman, but I don't know it that well. So later on, he becomes commissioner, but, but at the beginning, he's a detective, and he's this straight-laced guy that all he wants to do is fight crime and bring justice and bring peace to this really chaotic, messed-up city. And so he looks at it, and he says, we've just got to fix this terrible place, and he's got this, this idealistic view of what it's going to look like, and all he wants is justice and what's right. But as the show goes on, one of the themes is that over and over again, he's confronted with choices of whether he's going to get what he wants by bending the rules, or if he's going to stick to who he is and what he wants, which is justice and peace. He over and over again has to face these scenarios where either he has to break the law to catch the people he wants to catch or he doesn't catch them. And so we see he can break the law to catch the people who are breaking the law, but in turn, he's losing sight of what he was all about in the beginning. This is a classic tale. There are so many movies and books and songs that are written about this, about, about people who set out with one goal and they've got a business, but they lose sight of it and they become exactly what they don't want to be. This is real to us. Why are there so many movies about it? Because it's real to us. It happens. How, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about the things we see in our parents. And, and how there are certain things we see in our parents that, that are great, but there are certain things we see and we say, we're never going to do that, right? And then you start to, I mean, Megan and I are 35 now, and we got four kids, and all of a sudden we've started to notice some of the things that we said we would never say or do, we're doing them. Maybe it was like, I'm never going to drive a minivan, and then you have that fourth kid and you just don't have a choice anymore. You're like about to get a bus, and it. <laughs> I mean, what do you do with that? But I mean, it's so easy because it's, part, it's so hard to stay on task. It's so hard to keep our focus. Don't we struggle with this? And, and so as I was studying, I came across this Cherokee Indian proverb. Okay, this is the first time in my life I've ever used a Cherokee proverb in a sermon. So we're going to enjoy it. And so there's this Cherokee proverb, and it says this. I think it's interesting, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it more in our context, but it says this. There is a battle of two wolves inside of us all. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, lies, inferiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. Okay, so this is a Cherokee proverb, but let's, I mean, like, as followers of Christ, this resonates with us, doesn't it? Because inside each and every one of us, there is our evil, selfish nature, 
And then there's what we know is right, the love of God that transforms us and doing what's right. And I find it really interesting that even in the other that is good in this proverb, a lot of the words joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth, a lot of those words are actually what? Fruits of the Spirit. That when we are who we need to be, these are the things that flow out of us. And so even though this is a Cherokee proverb, I think this is perfectly um, in tune with, with where we are as followers of Christ. That there is a selfish nature inside of us that wants to t- cater to ourselves and wants to take care of ourselves. And then there is what we know is right, that we need to love God. We need to be a people of joy and peace and hope and all of those other things. And so there's this proverb, and it goes on, and it says this. Which wolf wins? There's two wolves. Which wolf wins? And I love the ending of this proverb. It says this. It's the one that you feed. The wolf that you feed is the one that wins out. And so if you feed the side of yourself that is selfish and hateful and sinful, that one is going to win, Or if you feed the side of you that loves God and knows what's right and is joy, peace, patience, all of those things, that will come out. And so which wolf wins? The one that you feed. This makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Doesn't that make sense to you? So if our family business is loving God and loving others and making disciples, how do we make sure that we don't lose our way? We've got to feed that wolf Love God, love others, make disciples. We've got to feed that part of us. We've got to keep it in front of us. And so let's look back at Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so last week we actually were in in Joshua, but, but this scripture takes us back to before they had entered the promised land. So this is before they forgot to teach the next generation and things went kind of messed up. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is before they go into the promised land. And it says this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. So let's just cut it there. We've got more. We'll get to it in a second, but let's cut it right there. Stop there for a minute. If you know the story of the Israelites, then you know that they spent 40 years that God delivered them from Egypt. We talked about this in, I think it was February. God delivered them from Egypt and brought them on this journey to the promised land. And for 40 years, they journeyed to get to the promised land. And here they are on the edge of the promised land. And and what does God say to them? Don't forget to obey the commands and decrees of God so that it will go well for you. Think about what that's saying. They've journeyed for 40 years to get to the promised land. And God says, if you forget who God is and who you are and what God has done, it's not going to go well for you. Can we just be honest? And, and, and sometimes when we read the story of the Israelites, we think that the promised land is the be-all, end-all, that the promised land is the goal, that that's what it's all about. And what this scripture says is, no, 
The promised land is great. It's a good land flowing with milk and honey. But if you forget who God is and what God's done for you, it's worthless. It says if you want it to go well for you, even though you're in the promised land, you'd better follow God's commands and be obedient. And so the the promised land is not the goal. The goal is intimacy with the Savior, the creator of the universe, the God that saves you and loves you. And on that whole journey to the promised land, the Israelites were learning that God loves them and wants to be with them. And guess what? If you lose that, the promised land is pretty worthless. Think about it. How many times have you seen somebody who's kind of gotten to a promised land and then it's all fallen apart? How many mega church preachers who worked their whole lives to preach and, and, and were faithful to preach the word and they got to a position where it looked like they had everything they ever needed and they had tons of people that were following them and all of this good stuff, but then all of a sudden something changed and what happens? It all falls apart. How many times do we see uh, pastors or churches that work so hard and, and something happens and God blesses them and they get to kind of a promised land, but they lose their way and things go south pretty quick? Can I just be really honest with you guys tonight? A big church is not the goal. Great programming is not the goal. Making disciples is the goal. Loving God is the goal. Loving others is the goal. Listen, this building is incredible, and it is really fun to stand up here in this big building with really cool chairs, and especially when we had that big screen the last like seven or eight weeks, like it's really cool to have all that. And it's really great to be a part of a church that reaches a lot of people, but that is not our goal. Our goal is to make disciples of Christ to love God with everything we have, to love the people around us, and to make disciples. And so as great as this building and this church is, we haven't made it. We can't lose sight of the family business. We can't forget what we're all about. We're not about a big building. We're not about just a bunch of people in a big building. We're not about great music and cool screens. We're about loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Making people more like Christ. We can't forget our family business. And so then the scripture goes on in verse 4 and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Listen to this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in front of you. You know what this is saying? Feed the good wolf. Feed the part of you that's about the family business, not the selfish part, but the part that loves God, loves others, and makes disciples. Feed that. Put it in front of you. Do whatever you have to do to keep focused on the family business. Megan, in in the month of January, we were called to pray and fast over things. So one of the things that that Megan decided for the month of January is that she was only going to listen to Christian radio. 
Now, you guys might judge me for this. I'm sorry. I don't love Christian radio. Can I be real honest with you? I don't love Christian radio. It, it, it may be for you. It's not really my favorite thing. So, like, for a long time, I just listened to, like, sports radio. And I don't even love that very much anymore. There's not much radio that I love. But Megan listened to Christian radio, and so occasionally I would get in my car, and, and she would have been driving it, and there would be the Christian radio songs on. And, and one of the things that Megan learned through that time, and one of the things that I've learned over and over again in my life, is that when you saturate yourself with God, with, with songs that are about God, when you keep God in front of you, when you read scripture daily and you're constantly focused, when you're praying constantly, when you're always focused on God, it changes everything. It changes the way you, you act with your neighbors. It changes the way you look at the difficult situations in your life. It changes you. What this scripture saying is saying is feed that part of you. Keep God in front of you. Do whatever you have to do to stay focused. One of my things is I, I got a terrible memory. And so if I don't put something in my phone, if you come up to me and say, hey, I want you to go to lunch with me next week on this day. And I'm like, yeah, cool. If I don't put that in my phone, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to forget. Not just put it in my phone, but I need my phone to beep and buzz and make sure that I remember these events. And so keep it in front of you. When I really want to stay focused on something, I take a marker and I write it on my mirror. I put it in notes in my phone. I put reminders. Keep it in front of you. Feed the good wolf. In verse 10, it says this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Did you catch the language in that? Let me read some of that language back for you. When the Lord brings you in the land that you did not build, that you did not provide, that you did not dig, that you did not plant. Do you get what this is saying? It's not yours. You didn't do this. This building and this, all of the programs, it's not yours. This family business is not yours. It's God's. It's all God's. And that's why we can't lose focus of what we're all about. We're about God's family business. This isn't ours. We aren't the saviors here. The real work and the real power comes from God. And so this scripture ends there with, don't forget the Lord. All of this, all that we're doing, the Saturday night service coming together and singing and worshiping and kids programs and all the stuff that happens is not for our glory, it's for the glory of the Lord. And if we lose sight of how we got to where we are and if we lose sight of who it is that put us in the position we're in and if we lose sight of what the family business is all about, we've already lost We've already missed it. We can pack this place out time and time again, and we can have cool music, and we can do cool things, but if we lose the sight of what we're all about, that we're about building God's kingdom, loving God, loving others, and making disciples, we've already lost the battle. 
And so what does that mean for us tonight? It means this, our family business begins, works, and ends with God. If we lose sight of that, our business has already failed. So so what does that mean for our church, for our families, for us as individuals? Well, each one of us are a part of the family business, and in order for our family business to be what God wants it to be, I I want you to ask yourself three questions. That's one, three. Three questions. So here they are. Ask yourself these questions. Number one, do you love God with everything you have? Do you love God more than you love yourself? Do you love God more than you love cool buildings and nice houses and good jobs and and cool cars and all of those things? Do you love God more than anything else? Number two, do you love your neighbors? Do you love the people around you? Not, not do you love them because they benefit you or do you love them because they're like you or because they bring some sort of joy to your life, but do you love your neighbors because God has called you to love your neighbors? And three, are you making disciples? Are you sharing your faith and teaching others about what God has done and who God is and who we are? Are you about the family business? I want to be honest with you. I don't care about the, I don't care about the mega church stuff. I don't care about houses and cars and money. I don't care about what I get paid or anything else. Do you know what I care about? I want to glorify God. Every time I step up here, I want to glorify God every time I walk past my neighbor's house and see my neighbor in their yard. I want to glorify God with the way that I treat my kids. I want to bring glory to God and build his kingdom with everything I have, no matter what that takes or what that means for me. I want to be all in on the family business of loving God, loving others, and making disciples Listen, if you're here tonight, and the band can go ahead and come up um, for our last song, but if you're here tonight and maybe you can think of some of these things we've been talking about and maybe you can think of some ways that maybe you've lost focus of what the family business is all about. Maybe it's become about you at times and what you want and being catered to you. If that's you tonight, I've got good news. God's right here. And God can make that right and God can transform you and use you. And maybe some of you tonight would say, I love God, but man, I struggle loving others. Those people down the street that play their music too loud or, or throw balls on my yard or my lawn, whatever it is, I love God, but man, I struggle with that waiter or waitress that, that gets my order wrong. Listen, if that's you tonight... God calls you to love the people around you. And maybe some of you here tonight would just say, hey, I've gotten to a place in my life that I'm comfortable. I like where I'm at. Everything seems to be good and I've kind of put it in park and I've kind of stopped going out and sharing my faith and making disciples. If any of those things are things that you resonate tonight with, I want you to know that God wants you to be a part of the family business, that God wants to transform your life, wants to change the way that you operate and work every day and wants to use you to build the kingdom. And so as we play tonight, I just want to ask you to open your heart and open your life to God and say, God, I want you to have it all.
I want to love you with every fiber of my being, with everything that I do. I want to love my neighbor regardless of what's going on. I want to be a light for you, and I want to do everything I can to make disciples and the world around me. Lord, I pray that you would be with us tonight. I pray that you would transform us. I thank you for your word. And I pray that we would never lose sight of what it is that we're supposed to be about, Lord, that we're supposed to be about loving you and loving our neighbor and making disciples. And so, Lord, I pray that you would call us and transform us tonight to be a part of your family and that you would continue to build your kingdom through us. We love you, Lord. Amen.